Augie with VIP Playlist. I'm here with my handsome co-host. Adam, what's up, guys? Today we have, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us uh, what you do and what band you're, you're in? How's it going? I'm Benny, and I sing in the band Avoid, and Avoid kicks ass on social media. How's it going, guys? It's going good, man. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, y'all y'all are from Seattle? We are indeed. That's where we're chilling right now. Nice, dude. I've been, I went to Seattle in, I think it was 2015. Oh, sweet. What for? My brother lived in Everett. Oh, uh, awesome. That's where our drummer's from. Oh, nice. Yeah, he lived there for like a year and a half. So I went to visit him for Christmas and uh, uh, he had to work and everything and his wife had to work. So I went and like walked downtown Seattle by myself. <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. So yeah. he got brought up here for work? Yeah, he moved up there for a job and awesome. uh, then he just missed his family too much. So he came back. So. So there's so many weird companies and stuff up here. It's always yeah. like Boeing, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, yeah, right? yeah. Facebook. Yeah. There's so many people that have headquarters up here or like big, maybe not headquarters, but like a big office. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He worked for like some kind of, uh, it was, it was crazy, dude. He worked for some kind of like refrigeration company. So like they, they did all the restaurants and everything like that. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. He would like do the ovens and air conditioners and, and drink machines and all that kind of stuff. And uh, while he was there, ACDC announced their last tour, and the, his boss bought bought all of them tickets to ACDC, and he even bought like a party bus to drive them to the show. <laughs> yeah. Awesome! Yeah, I was like, that's that's cool. That's a cool boss, man. <laughs> that's so sick. Well, that's great. Well, I'm glad you're familiar with the area. Yeah, I mean, love it here, born and raised. Yeah. Yeah, I went to the Jimi Hendrix Museum and I saw the Space Needle. I didn't really go up to it. And then also, I think Macklemore was that the thrift shop song was popping at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he talked about the uh, the market. What's it called? Uh, uh, Pike Place Market. Pike, yes. Yeah, Pike's Place. Yeah. So I went there. I visited Pike's Place. That place was pretty cool. Yeah. Pike Place is great. I mean, I, yeah, I love Seattle. Yeah. It was beautiful, man. I absolutely loved it. There. It's so beautiful. We also went to like uh, M- Makoteo. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, casino? We, no, the 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 beach. Oh, the beach is great up there. Muckle they tail. have a casino up there, Muckle Shoot Casino, too. Oh, wow, yeah. No, the beach was gorgeous, man. Oh, my God. That was probably the prettiest place I've ever seen. <laughs> That's bitching, man. I love it. Yeah. So uh, today we are going to talk about some of your favorite songs. Um, we're going to make a playlist. Is there anything you want to name your playlist? Hmm, let's see. I think let, let's co- come back to me halfway through. I feel okay. like as we start getting songs in there, that'll that'll put it all together, you know? I okay. got you. I That's got a new you. approach. That's a new approach. Yeah, I like yeah. it. <laughs> I, well, I feel like if you name it beforehand, then it has like an expectation of what it That's needs true. to be. 
But no, like, like after we like get into it a little bit, then we kind of see the vibe of the playlist. Yeah, yeah for sure. Kinda, dude. Why don't let the playlist name itself? You can't name the playlist. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we try to put you on the spot and, and you you put us back on the spot. You That's took right, control man. of That's the situation. Right. <laughs> I like that. So one of the first questions we like to ask about music is like, do you remember maybe your parents or grandparents or anything like that introducing you to a song that just kind of stuck? And and something that you listen to um, maybe with them in a car or I mean honestly so it kind of like we can do this part can kind of go slightly in reverse I'm talking like age five six or look so age seven is when I found Green Day and that was when I fell in love with music like that was yeah. just like everything for me and then my parents bought me the American Idiot CD because I'm twenty I'm twenty four so I okay. I so I was like in i was in elementary school when american idiot came out so right. it was a very 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 formative record for me and that was like when i found out about like punk rock and like what all that stuff and so yeah. that was what made me fall in love with alternative music but before that even like my parents were always rockers like my mom loves like judas priest and my dad loves like kiss and zeppelin and so i was always around rock music growing up and it was always like a very like accepted thing it was like it was mm -hmm. super cool to be a rocker and all of that and like uh, my mom always went to concerts my dad liked concerts like my dad like loves blue oyster cult and stuff like oh, that. oh nice yeah and and then also it's like I, I remember we'd always do family road trips growing up and stuff like that and it was always like creed and clearwater and yeah a little bit of ccr you know, Madman rising that shit ripped dude <laughs> Oh, yeah, and there, and there was like a Bob Marley CD that we used to listen to all the time. It was honestly probably just all of his greatest hits. And like, yeah. I so it was always like, it was always good rock and roll or guitar influenced music. Mm -hmm. Like, it was always like Skinner, Fogarty, like, you name it. Like, it was all of that stuff is what I grew up on. And so I always, I think that's what made me just fall in love with rocking in general. And then, started there and then green day is when it really like sparked into like that was when i feel like i found my music taste not just yeah. like it was to me you know what i mean right so let's take a couple of these because i haven't gotten a whole lot of kiss on here before before we get yeah. to the green day do you do you remember a kiss song that you liked or do you still listen to them or well i mean i obviously remember <laughs> rock and roll all night okay yeah 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 but i don't necessarily know if i want that to be like I think that they're I on it. Let's go with Detroit Rock City. Detroit okay. Rock City. Yeah. Let's go with Detroit Rock City because uh, that is a banger. And yeah. rock and roll is also a banger and a formative song. But Detroit Rock City was definitely lying around back then too. And mm -hmm. I think it deserves more love. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you want to put Bad Moon Rising on here? Oh yeah, dude, Bad Moon Rising. Let's definitely put that on there. Bob Marley. Bob Marley, let's see. If we were going to put a Marley song, it would be definitely Buffalo Soldier. I guess we're getting to the Green Day now. Here's, here's, here's a fun fact. So uh, I'm from Texas, born and raised, and the town I live in is called Longview. <laughs> okay. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's actually, my brother was like, bro, check out this band. They have a song called Longview. And I was like, no way. <laughs> What's funny, there's a Longview, Washington yeah, as well. Yeah, that's the so one. So I had the cool. same thought, but about a different city. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was the one they were talking about. I it didn't might... even know Longview, Washington existed, but I'm pretty sure from what I've read is that 
they thought that Longview, Washington was such a boring place to live that they wrote. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, they wrote a song about it. So. Well, yeah. it can't it can't be much worse than Longview, Texas. Yeah, yeah, it's not at all, man. There's nothing to do here. I'd so. honestly say they're probably similar if you really think about it. Like, <laughs> no, if you really want to go there, like true, uh, true. This we don't, we don't have a song wrote country. about how boring it is. <laughs> I think wait, before we move on to Green Day, <clears throat> let's also put Whole Lot of Love by Zeppelin on there. Okay. Oh, right on. Oh, wait. Hold Sorry. One more. Let's do it. Please. Before we get to Green Day, if we're going for the early days. Yeah. We got to go with Godzilla by Blue Oyster Cole. Because I yes. remember specifically finding out about that song on a CD. <laughs> and I was like, this riff is insane. Oh, hold on. If we're still on the oldies too, before we go forward in time, we got to do Blackout by the Scorpions as well. That was another oh, yeah. very, very formative song. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're getting a lot of new stuff. This is good. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Dude, my music taste is all over the place. Like, this is about to get fucked. I promise. I, well, I, I, I got a little bit, I found a little bit of stuff online that I wanted to get into a little later. So we'll, <laughs> we'll get there, though. Oh, I love it. Please. <laughs> And then uh, you said Green Day. What's your favorite Green Day song? My favorite Green Day song is Letterbomb. If you're making the playlist on Spotify, unfortunately, you have to do Extraordinary Girl and Letterbomb, uh, which is yeah. fine. But okay. Letterbomb is my favorite Green Day song, hands down. That song has brought me to tears multiple times. Mm. And it's like yeah, a high energy really song cool. too. Yeah. But it's like it's the chorus for me. It's like the it's not over till you're underground is always like what really gets me is because yeah. it's Whenever you're feeling down, whenever you're feeling fucking, it's like, nah, dude, it's not over yet, bro. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, stay just, in there. It, it just really gets me going. And, and the energy that I feel from that song is it's like, and, and like just with the story of that album, because like, uh, if I'm, I, I might be butchering the story because I haven't heard it exactly in a few, in, in a little while. But from what I remember hearing is Green Day was working on a record and it got stolen or something like with the hard drive that had all the songs on it got like stolen or taken and basically they lost all of their work on the record and they were like oh what the fuck do we do and that's what actually sparked american idiot first is they actually had a whole record ready to go that they that they lost essentially man that's and gonna be like the worst thing for an idiot. artist dude it's like that's 2003 2004 which isn't that that long ago but think about technology wise yeah yeah file sharing and all of the ways that you can even do like a podcast now with recording audio and stuff like that like yeah think mm -hmm. about how different it was back then and like so if you lost your fucking hard drive copy of your record yeah it's gone dude. yeah Wow. Yeah. So I, I, if I'm butchering the story, I apologize. If there's any bigger Green Day fan than me, please correct me. But from what I remember, it's that. And so I don't know. And I and I know that like I mean, for me, I'm lucky that I'm younger. So I never had like the free positioned like super young punk Green Day. So that was still always punk rock crazy to me because again, I'm fucking seven eight years old i have no idea what's like and green day has always been real punk to me but i never had like the, mm -hmm. the og days in my head but i so loved dookie and i mean because i was basically a backwards green day fan i fell yeah. in love with american idiot and then i fell in love with all of the older stuff and right down to the first record and kerplunk and like i mean i love it all but yeah that's yeah. definitely a big formative band for me but so back to the point is basically like i feel like you can really hear emotion on that record through and through and if that's the exact story it's like even though green day was fairly big time at the time that they made american idiot it a how punk rock is it to already be the biggest band in the world and then low-key switch up your style a little bit and then become right. big mm -hmm. while still mm -hmm. being true to your roots oh, like, yeah yeah 
I, I, I like that album. I mean, the deal is, is no matter how bad people hate the album or, or talk talk shit on stuff like that, the, the fact remains is that that album is still talked about to this day. So, I mean... <laughs> I'm fucking going on and on about it. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I love that shit. album. I owned it myself. I mean, every I, September I, you get the fucking memes. So... Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, hey. I think I think they made it, all right? <laughs> they, they, they're good. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, just think about it. I mean, they had, what, like five records before that? And then that mm-hmm. record just cemented them for oh, the end absolutely, of yeah, yeah. Do you remember maybe like what your first show might have been? Green what age you were? Green Day. How old were you? Green Day. Nine years old. January uh, 3rd, July, July 3rd, 2009. Damn. Arizona. The date wow. and everything. The oh, Bravery yeah. Open. The, the venue. The Bravery. Oh, man. I haven't heard that band oh, in such wow. a long time. So the Bravery is technically the first live band I ever saw at that capacity. Sure, sure. And so obviously seeing Green Day, I mean, talk about what that did for you. I mean, I'm sure you saw that. You already love them, and then you saw that, and you must have just been like, that's it. Like, that's what I want to do. Dude, it was the biggest deal ever. And it was actually, like, my dad did such a fucking cool thing for me. Because my dad knew how much I loved Green Day. Right. And I remember, because this was right after 21st Century Breakdown came out. And I was still, I was in, what, sixth grade at that time or some shit? Maybe fifth grade? And so I was like glued to the TV, glued to the record release. Like I was making, I was watching all their late night appearances and all this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I didn't really know about touring. And like, I obviously knew concerts existed, but I didn't know how to like look for tour dates coming up. Yeah, right? you didn't know they were really coming know near, about that. near you. Yeah, well, and uh, and it was the first day of their tour. So honestly, if it wasn't their first day of tour. I might not have ever even known about the show, but I remember, I forget exactly who it was, but I could probably find the YouTube broadcast, but it was like, Himmel or someone and kicking off their summer, their summer tour kicks off in Seattle on July 3rd. Here's Green Day. And I was like, oh shit, Green Day is coming to Seattle. And it was then my life's mission to go to that show. And I remember I would like, I was writing letters to my parents about how I could do these chores to make up for the concert. Ticket. And like, I was figuring out any possible way to go to that show. And my dad kept fucking with me and being like, no, nah, man, like yeah, I didn't no you some cards this time. Like you're still pretty young. Like, I don't know if you like he, all of these different things. And right. then the night before the show, I'm like still pestering him. I'm like, is there any way we can do it like this? And he was just like, uh, and he uh, he was sitting on his computer in his, in his room and he, and he points up at the fucking bulletin board and he's like, hey, son, take a look. And it was two tickets to Green Day tomorrow oh, night. Oh my God. And That's I was awesome. like, are you kidding? I didn't sleep. <laughs> what a wholesome thing. Yeah, that is awesome. awesome. And like, <clears throat> Obviously, it meant so much to you because you basically painted it so well that I was there with you experiencing it. That is <laughs> super awesome of your dad. How oh, you dude, gave, it's, it gave my dad old... is still like my fucking hero to this day. He is oh, just man. the best. He oh. it, like that was like the first of many, many, many cool things he's done to just keep me very motivated to That's get to. But awesome, yeah, going to that show and uh-huh. it being such a surprise because it meant so much to me. And I had fully accepted the fact that I wasn't going. Right. And to just have the the mixture of, and again, it just meant so much to me to go to that show and then experiencing not only live music and fucking punk rock music at that for the first time, but it being my favorite band. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really you, cool. You can, that's why I'm here doing this today. I'll tell you that right fucking now. That gave yeah. me all the inspiration in the world. 
Oh, yeah. I bet, dude. That's awesome, man. Did did uh did he play any instruments, or how did you kind of get into the whole band thing, man? Like, as far no, as like, my learning... parents are not musical whatsoever. I do not come from a musical family. They have no idea about the music business or the <laughs> industry of how it works. It is an entire mystery to them. Uh they just love music. My my parents are music fans. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I don't even know if they realize how big of music fans they are. Yeah. Because like I didn't realize it growing up. I thought it was just no- so normal. To yeah. put it in perspective, uh, my mom's favorite band of all time is Dave Matthews Band. But I wanted to save Dave Matthews Band for the playlist later because I had reconciliation when I was like 18 and fell in love with that band. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? As, as much shit gets talked about Dave Matthews, I'm oh, they're be the honest, best band in the fucking world. They, I will stand on that. They oh, fucking, their songs massive. are so fucking good, man. <laughs> they are fantastic musicians. They're yeah. fantastic. Oh, everything's amazing. But to wrap this part of the story up, uh, basically, it's my mom's favorite band ever is Dave Matthews Band. And her and her best friend, Lori, are obsessed with Dave Matthews Band. And it's like their whole thing is every year they would go to the Gorge for the, for the three-day weekend to go see Dave Matthews. Like, that was like one of her big vacations for the year was going because he does a every year dave matthews band uh does a three-day concert in uh george washington actually a city name george washington <laughs> at the gorge amphitheater and it's one of the most beautiful amphitheaters in the entire world it's fucking people like it's a really it's a really big deal to play there and they've they've done three days there every year for the last fucking 25 years i want to say wow like, yeah it's a huge That's staple awesome. And it's a, and it was always a big deal for my mom to go. And that was like her weekend. And always, it was just like, I'm looking forward to my day weekend, looking forward to my day weekend, always remembering that growing up, uh, <laughs> everything we had in the, like our, our main family calendar was a Dave Matthews band calendar. I mean, Dave Matthews band stickers on my mom's car, every single <laughs> mug or cup we have in the house, in my parents' house to this day is still a Dave Matthews band cup or glass. We have Dave Matthews Band fucking magnets. Uh, okay, okay. It's, it's, That's it's, awesome. it's, Super it's fan. also not like a weird upset. It's not like a, like, I know where Dave Matthews Band is right now. And I know, it's just like, it's such a casual fandom. But it's yeah. just like, well, fuck, they released cups. So, like, if we're going to have to get cups, why not get a cup with my favorite band's yeah, logo? Man. Yeah, it's like, like, it's, like, it's, yeah, it's yeah, super like... not weird. It's you like, it's kind of like, it's like repping like your favorite sports team, but like not even to that extent. It's just like, oh yeah, no, they, really, they've got stuff. So I'm going to get it. Yeah. It's listen, exactly like that. Uh, so I'm, I'm 32. Right. And we, we bought our house like four, five, almost five years ago now. And uh, we were decorating and my wife and I, we watch a lot of anime and she has like these big, like Naruto posters. And we hung one in the living room and I was like, is that like, like, is that okay? Like we're adults. Like, can we do that? And she was like, I pay for this fucking house. I'm going to hang whatever I want in it. That's right. <laughs> it's like, all right, right. It's... you know what? It makes sense. They don't pay for this fucking thing. <laughs> That's right. Like pay for Like give it, do whatever the fuck you want. And right? so I think my parents being so casual about it, like I said, it's super not weird. And to the point that I didn't even think of anything of it until I realized all my, my friends didn't have all of their cups. Weren't their parents' favorite bands. Yeah. <laughs> But I was also very lucky to grow up around, like, uh, if you want to, like, to formative years, and I always loved music, 
like my best friend in elementary school was this kid named Zach Brady. And I, him and I are actually even still in touch. We, we went and got a drink about a year ago and stuff like that. But uh, awesome. we were insufferable growing up. And his dad was a rocker. And, and uh, he was in a band growing up that almost made it and still in cover bands. And I remember uh, his dad would take us to band practice with him sometimes when we got to go to his practice. So this is even like before I went and saw Green Day Live, like getting to see like a, a cover band of just like my friend's dad like seeing him play music and stuff like that. It's like, I don't even think that stuff I think about right off the bat of like formative things, but that definitely was crazy formidable. Yeah, like it had to be getting yeah. to go to those practice spaces and seeing like adults operate and play music together in mm -hmm. firsthand. Like, it yeah, was really yeah, cool. sure. that's actually where I found out about the blackout song. They oh, were doing nice. a cover. That's awesome, dude. And I'm sure like growing up in Seattle, you had no shortage of influences with with the amazing bands that's come out of Seattle. No, I mean, even like take it from like the fucking broad neighborhood I grew up in. Zach Brady's mom dated Jeff Tate from Queensryche when she was in high school. Oh, wow. That's and nuts. They, so like I'm a, so I grew up in a suburb called Kirkland, Washington. Uh, Queensryche is from Redmond, Washington. And so where my parents house is is literally like 300 feet from the city line of Kirkland and Redmond. Oh, so, wow. Queen Dry grew up in my backyard. The, the <laughs> where Sunnyday Real Estate practiced, like they're, the house that they practiced at is right, like behind my high school. Like you can oh, see wow. it. Oh, wow, dude, that's school. crazy. Sunnyday is yeah. like the most pivotal emo band like ever. Yeah. Oh, dude. And, and so, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, their drummer, William Goldsmith, my brother grew up playing Little League with his nephew. And like, it's like, I was always like weirdly around, like yeah. like just people that were either yeah. involved in music or made a career off of music or just being in the area. And because of that too, like my mom always talked incredibly highly of people like Kurt Cobain and Chris Cornell, yeah. and Eddie Vedder. And all those are always like, those are fucking legends. So it was like, it was amazing getting to be in that growing up and being around that. And like, I think that's what made it so easy to get into punk rock is because it's like Seattle is uh, grunge and fucking post hardcore yeah, you're and, so proud of it. and stuff like that. This is the spot. Like, yeah. And people don't, I don't think people give Seattle enough credit for the emo thing too. Yeah. Because yeah. you obviously get the credit for grunge. And I wouldn't say it purely started here. Cause I mean, if you really want to date back emo, I would give that purely to Brooklyn hardcore and shit like that is what kind of, I think subjected off the first little bit of emo, but yeah. we had bands like sunny day in the nineties doing shit that people weren't doing. And then you bring that into Gatsby's American dream. Yes. Early 2000s yeah. fucking uh, fall of Troy. Like, yep. We had, and and I think without those bands, and obviously if you're really into music in the scene, you know that, but without those bands, bands like fucking Chiodos and Dance Gavin Dance and things like that, they wouldn't have existed without the pipeline yeah, of like exactly. crazy Seattle sporadic emo scene. It's it's so crazy to me because you, you mentioned the Fall of Troy and it's so, because they were put on Guitar Hero 3 and yep. like I've done probably 50 episodes and the majority of bands that i interview state that that song is the the fc premix is this that's the reason they wanted to even learn how to play guitar is because of the follow troy which is so fucking no. crazy to me isn't that incredible <laughs> yeah and yeah like, it was so cool for that and like i remember especially like i wasn't fully around to understand like what that meant but like that was such a big win for the Seattle scene as yeah. a whole oh, yeah. for that to happen. You know what I mean? Like a fucking band that wasn't that massive 
and they're yeah. in Guitar Hero and they're from Seattle. Like that's so, I mean, obviously they were huge, especially at that time, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I ever heard of them was from Guitar Hero. And I'm sure that that was the exposure, a lot of people's first exposure. So it's it's crazy, man. Like, I don't know. It's nuts. But so Seattle has holds a lot of influence, though, because of bands like Nirvana and, and uh, Chris Cornell, you know, all of those grunge era bands, they hold a lot of influence over the scene. So, oh, I mean, it's it's completely unmatched, right? Yeah. Like, and, and again, I being a little younger, I didn't get to watch it firsthand. But still, the thing that especially a lot of our amazing mentors and older people that we get and not older as in like actually old people, but just people that are like five to ten years older than us, even like yeah. they can like actually explain to us what it meant mm-hmm. when Nirvana came out and like actually watching the music industry and people's perceptions switch. Yeah. yeah and it's like everyone I've talked to that watched that happen in rock has said still to this day, there's never been such a dramatic switch. Like when Nirvana came out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that like, that was such a pivotal time in music in Nirvana. I was, I think I was like five years old when he, when Kurt Cobain uh, passed. So I, I did, I wasn't like, you know, I, I wasn't old enough either to to kind of understand it. But like my brother, I'm pretty sure my brother's a little older than me. He's four years older than me. And the first CD he ever bought that I remember him ever buying was Nevermind. So. Dude, isn't it so cool that like the nineties generation got to have it. And then even me, one of the first CDs I ever bought when I got to start buying CDs was Nevermind. Like yeah. it, was yeah. a record that got to do that to Jen, and it's still doing that to kids today. Yeah, like, it's how very formative. Fucking cool is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 amazing, you know. And even I mean, look at how how much Dave Grohl coming from Nirvana to to Foo Fighters and dude. continuing to be this massive fucking influence in the oh, music yeah. scene through both bands, dude. What a legendary <laughs> monster of a human being! Oh yeah, my that guy's, god, that guy's yeah. a monster, dude. He's a yeah. legend fucking legend dude but yeah i mean those were very formative bands for me i actually just bought uh adam nevermind on vinyl for christmas <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome yeah so um, yeah i mean i yeah so i mean to wrap that up and we can totally start adding some songs from that oh, yeah, yeah 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 being yeah from, being from where i was like yeah seattle just had such a massive massive influence on everything that I was doing growing up. Like, I mean, you want to talk about just off of, I mean, like we got to do at least two songs off of Nevermind. Yeah, man, let's do it. We got to do Territorial Pissings. All right. We got to do Stay Away. I remember those two songs so fucking well. Yeah. Dude, I have a question. So I, this may be just me digging too deep, but on, on y'all's song, Bloom. Yeah. There is a hey, and so you do hey twice in that song, and it is very, very much uh, heart-shaped box reminiscent. <laughs> That's great. I've actually never heard that. Really? That one happens to be a coincidence. That yeah, one and then the song is also called Bloom, and I was like, man, that's got to be a Nirvana thing. Like, it has to be. <laughs> no, actually, not at all. Funny uh, enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely, like, I was listening to it at work today, and I was like, that song bloom came on and and of course you say hey twice there and it it sounds 
very very grungy when you say yeah <laughs> i feel like you can definitely especially in that record because that's definitely our we were figuring ourselves out record you know what yeah. i mean yeah. i feel like you could really hear our influences all over the place and so maybe that and that was also a song we wrote with our friend mac who's also very 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 grunge influenced kind of person yeah and so maybe it was just because i'm trying to even remember how exactly we came up with the name bloom but it really <laughs> that's just totally a coincidence that it's a nirvana thing which yeah. is funny because now especially in like our news record cult mentality we did a lot of easter eggs and referenced a lot of different artists intentionally yeah yeah, yeah we'll get into that for sure but let's uh let's get some more uh, seattle influences on here man Oh man, if we're gonna do that, we gotta do the pipeline from Nirvana. I think we gotta go to Soundgarden next. Soundgarden. I know y'all covered a Audio Slave song as well. So yep, I mean, <laughs> Cornell is just such a huge inspiration. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we gotta do "Fell on Black Days" and "Rusty Cage" by Soundgarden. Because right. for some of these bands, I just don't think one song is enough to sum up how important they were. At least on my. And that was kind of the cool thing about when I fell in love with music is I wouldn't just fall in love with one song. I'd kind of just fall in love with a band. Yeah, that's how I that's how I am as well. I like if I like the album, I'll listen to a band's entire discography. (laughs) Right. Oh, and then we got to go to Alice in Chains and we got to do Them Bones. And it's so hard to to wrap up Seattle in just a few songs. But I think we got to to top off Seattle. (laughs) Damn, that's tough. Well, for 90, okay, because there's also two Seattles that we're talking about. There right? is, yeah. That's like the yeah. early 2000s. Grunge. And yeah. so I'm thinking grunge-centric. But okay, then let's go to Fall of Troy, and we got to do, we got to do Remix, and we got to do, I just got this sympathy go, symphony going. Yeah. I think that really sums up Fall of Troy well. And then yes. we got to do Love Rhymes with for Blood Brothers. Love Rhymes, yeah. I had a girlfriend in high school who was like in love with Blood Brothers, and mm-hmm. I, dude, what I, a weird band, right? Yeah, yeah, it really was. It really was. What a fucking interesting. I mean, that was the same time as like Horse the Band. Yeah, fucking like all that all weird like like heavy heavy low low. Yeah, heavy heavy low low. I, you mentioned Gatsby's American Dream, and they just posted. Uh, they just like updated their picture on Facebook like <laughs> last week and everybody freaked Uh-oh. the fuck out. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah, dude. Let's it's go. So, that's insane. What a funny just like pipeline, because the guy that uh signed Gatsby's American Dream to Fearless is Bob Becker. And that's actually the guy that just signed us to right. sign nice. thriller. That's awesome. And it's yeah. like crazy full circle moment that he was responsible for signing that band. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I know his voice is he did a song with strawberry girls and that song is it's fucking hypnotic dude i, I listened to it yeah. and I, his voice just makes that song so hypnotic man dude that's incredible i actually haven't heard that track i gotta check it out yeah dude it's um what do you remember the name of it adam let me see oh man it's hey, strawberry girls I, have you ever so heard of strawberry much. girls yeah 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 I okay actually- I want to say we played a show with them sometime. Yeah, like, so oh, mini, mini, mini Ripper. Mini Ripper. Mini, yeah. Ripper. mini yeah. Ripper. They have a, an instrumental version of it, but they also have a version with Nick Newsham, uh, Nick Newsham from, from Gatsby. And it's it's the most hypnotic thing I've ever heard, man. Like That's incredible. Yeah. I have to check that out. Yeah, I'm trying to sure. think if there's anything 
Anything else for sure that sums up Seattle for me? Hmm. That's a toughie, you know? Yeah. There's so much to choose from, man. <laughs> it's just, there's so much good music from here. And I know I'm probably just forgetting like a major player in the whole pack. Yeah. But you know, uh, hold on. let's, let's move on from that for now. Yeah. Yeah. And, for sure. dude. And, and then we can see what sort of got you. Cause obviously, I mean, your band does a lot. Your band does a lot. Like there, <laughs> there's no limits here, but it's, you know, it, there's some hardcore in there. Let's, how'd you get into that? So I got into post hardcore and warp tour music first. That was really, so the pipeline would probably go from green day to then <clears throat> like bands like fallout boy and some 41. And that was kind of what really like ended like the elementary school days for me was that and maybe like Lincoln Park add on to there. So it was yeah. like the glory of like the 2004 pop punk days and then slightly getting introduced to new metal. Yeah. So then you go to middle school. Middle school is when I found bands like fully got into Lincoln Park, Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, man, you're trying I, like I got really into like that kind of slipknot, like that kind of metal for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then I found P- Caraphernalia by Pierce the Veil. And I yeah. remember finding that yeah. video on YouTube. And I was like kind of confused by it because again, I had I was only into like punk and like and pop punk and then like new metal and like arena metal. Yeah. And like it was like a dude singing that high. And I was like, I like this. But there was something about it that felt like I wasn't supposed to like it based yeah. off of the other band. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, never, yeah. But I, I'm talking like I'm fucking 13 at the time, so I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, I think this is sick, but I don't know if this is cool to like. And da da da. da. And then sure. I said, Fuck it, and just fell in love with that band. And then Pierce the Veil was a really like, especially like eighth grade seventh eighth and ninth grade were very 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 dedicated to pierce the veil and then i have still a huge love for that band to this day yeah Mm -hmm. and so then pierce the veil was the pipeline band for getting into the whole warp tour scene and this was about 2012 because the first warp tour i went was uh the summer of 2012 so it was 2010, 2011 was discovering these bands and getting into then of Mice and Men and fucking Motionless and White, the early Motionless and White stuff. And like, oh man, who else was, I mean, Miss May I, all, We Came as Romans, like all of those glory day Warp Tour bands, Sleeping with Sirens, of course. Like, mm-hmm. so then I went to Warp Tour and then discovered, when I went to Warp Tour, that's when I then discovered so many other genres. I remember finding like Streetlight Manifesto at Warp Tour that year. And I'd never yeah. really gotten into like the ska side of stuff outside of like Sublime, like the big songs that you know. And like, of course, like Bob Marley, but that's reggae, that's not ska. And so like finding Streetlight and stuff like that, it was like, it really, like I loved Warp Tour for how many different genres I could see. And I remember seeing like Mazda Flames open the day, or maybe that was the next year, but like, remember going to see like Master Flames and then going to see Let Live at Warp Tour and then going to see fucking Sleeping with Sirens and then go, you know what I mean? You got to see so many different genres in one spot. Like that's so fucking sick. Mm-hmm. So then that pipeline goes from Warp Tour bands and then, and when did I, like hardcore, honestly, I think I really started appreciating hardcore 
like honestly after we started touring because i liked i think hardcore adjacent bands like i got right. into deathcore in high school like bands like i declare war mm-hmm. and shit like that because i declare war that's another seattle band <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we were dude, we were around so much stuff i remember the first time we opened for i declare war it was insane yeah but like there was like that era and like job for a cowboy yes Suicide Silence. Yeah, like, oh my god, dude! All of that. So I, I think I was more of a deathcore kid in high school, and and that was really where my heart was at for a long time. Well, then I found Converge right about the end of high school, which for a metalcore kid, very late to the game. But remember that I graduated high school in 2016, so I wasn't yeah. there for the glory days. And then Converge kind of opened my line, my eyes like that metalcore hardcore pipeline. I feel like Converge is like a like a sleeper band. Like not a lot of people talk about them, but they're the people oh, that talk the about them fucking, fucking love them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's yeah. a whole kind of war. Dude, Converge is the <laughs> best band. They are the best band. Like, yeah. there's they're so fucking good. There's never been a band that's really done what they've done the way that they've done it, dude. Some dude like wrote his fucking like thesis at Berkeley School of Music about why Jane Doe is a perfect record and got a like if I remembered like that story right, he got a really good score on it, or, like a perfect score. <laughs> like that's awesome. and like you'll even see if you go to like YouTube comments, like you can see like like there's two records that changed my life. Miles Davis and fucking Jane Doe by Converge. <laughs> yeah. Is, like, if you know about Converge, like, it is the, oh my God, they're amazing. And so, yeah. venue work, actually. So, I, I'll take touring back. Like, venue work is what got me into hardcore. Because I started, when I was 18, so right after I graduated high school. And so, we were still called Avoid the Void at the time. And we were just tearing up the local scene, really. We were, we were basically the local band that could sell fucking 50 tickets to, like, friends our age and our parents and stuff like that and we could get on any national show reasonably like any low-grade national show we could always Mm -hmm. sell 30 to 50 tickets and so that was just the game we played throughout high school and then when i turned 18 graduated high school uh, was when i started working at el corazon in seattle and that I, I that's where I learned a lot. So we so avoid avoid or avoid the void started touring when I was 16. We did our first like well, our first like weekend run was when I just turned 16 and just got my license. We did like a Washington regional run. And that was our first time like playing out of our hometown, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And then the next summer, when I was 17, uh, my junior year of high school is when we like did our first West Coast two-week tour. We got in uh, our old uh, bass player, Luke. He We got in his mom's minivan, and we just went down the West Coast, baby, and we fucking went for it. Yeah. And then turning 18, El Corazon. So my boss was a guy named John Pettibone. John Pettibone was the singer of a very legendary band named Himza. And he was also oh, yeah. his yeah. tour manager for like 10 years. Okay. So, and that is like one of my main mentors. Yeah. And that is like John Pettibone taught me so much about music and the scene and the culture of the scene and respect and everything. Like that was who really introduced me to bands like Converge. And I mean, obviously Himza, cause it's his mm-hmm. band. Yeah. He yeah. never really talked about Himza, but Shit like that. And then Botch, another, I mean, they're kind of from Tacoma, but another Botch. legendary Northwest yes. band. And like all those bands. So venue work and then starting to get into touring is what really 
made me appreciate hardcore and find such a love for it. And especially now, I mean, 24, like digesting that for six years, I think that's what kind of makes that sound come out on our record is like that attitude of like, because again, deathcore was fun, but it's not really my thing anymore. And I mm-hmm. don't really know how we could put deathcore. I mean, we do it, but like to, you know what I mean? Full extent, like job for a cowboy deathcore, like yeah. kick drums. It's not really our thing, but hardcore is so aggressive. And it's so riffy. And then there's amazing bands like Basement that ride that line of like hardcore style while also being like a fucking just kick-ass alt-rock band. And I think that's what makes hardcore so cool to me is the pipeline of it actually being incredibly accessible music, but also having so much attitude. Because that's what makes a good hardcore band, right? Is attitude expression. Like anyone can play fucking 010 breakdowns, but you you have to do it right. And that's what makes hardcore and any sort of like alternative music that's very breakdown heavy i think that's what makes it so special is you and because converge is not that but you know what i mean like yeah hardcore in general is a lot of 01010 breakdowns so you gotta like you gotta be fucking sick if you're gonna do that again (laughs) yeah how's everybody doing (laughs) 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 that was good you like that how do we do it? You like that? All right. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> uh, so everybody always asks us, uh, where do we find these playlists that we make on this show? And we find them on, you can just follow us on Spotify at B-I-P-L-A-Y-L-I-S-T. And I'll also leave links on all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find all the playlists there as well. I have a link tree, and that ad is V-I-P-L-A-Y-L-I-S-T-P-O-D, all one word. And that's where you find these things at, so. Yep. So, no more complaining. Yeah. And, I told uh, you. you. Go find them. You. Go, go find them. Go listen to them. Give us feedback, please. Yeah. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, yeah. it, because we love you and that would be the coolest thing ever um, subscribe, subscribe and follow I feel like that's a YouTube thing but no do it either anyway yeah 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 if you can't find the button I don't know uh, you're not DM me. hard enough DM me yeah um, leave us a review that'd be really cool and then go follow us on our socials and on Spotify to keep up with the playlist thank you Speaking of avoid the void, we talked to uh, Brian and Daniel like a month ago. Oh now. God! Did yeah. they talk about the loss, dude? The they they mentioned they had history with y'all, and and but I was like, oh, that's cool, man. But uh, I don't remember because it was it's been like a month since we talked. I record these kind of in advance that way I can have time to edit and everything like that because I do everything myself. But oh, amazing! So, but yeah, I don't remember what they said, but they they did tell us they had a little bit of history with y'all. <laughs> So yeah, we grew up with those guys. Yeah. Uh, so our old our old bass player Luke was in a band with their singer Brian called Stories yeah. Away. That was like their first project together. And actually, how we all kind of met is we would play Avoid the Void would play shows with Stories Away, and that's how we yeah. met Luke and Brian. We were always friends, and then uh, fucking Stories Away stopped, and then Brian was just going to college at Western in Bellingham, Washington. And Luke and I would go up and take trips to go visit Brian and just hang out and go hang out <laughs> at the college town. And like, it was always, and he was always working on music, but he wasn't in a band at the time. 
And then the home team started because Brian wasn't the original singer of the home team. Yeah. Daniel was all right. in the home team. And so I remember the home team started and we would, we played a show at the red, the old Redmond firehouse. I want to say in 2012 or 2013 with the first iteration of the home team. I think just Dan is, and Dan actually didn't even play that show. Dan was on tour with <laughs> I Declare War in Europe. So our friend Anthony Gazelle was filling in and Anthony Gazelle has went to go on and play drums for Falling in Reverse and other bands. And oh my God, what a fucking small. So yeah, <laughs> the first time we played with the home team had no members of the band that's still in it. And Anthony Gazelle was playing drums. Oh my God. That's crazy. <laughs> Memory unlocked, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's how fun. we found out you were called uh, Avoid the Void first. And that's when I went and looked into it and everything. And I found uh, where y'all changed y'all's name and everything like that. And the reasoning. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, dude. And I remember the whole, dude, they went away, dude. It was so, and not, and not, I'm not even making fun of them, but it was just so funny because it's so not what it is now. Yeah. Like, they're, dude, they're the best band. They're so yeah. incredible. So they, they, they were, scrubbed all their old stuff offline. So they took it all off Spotify and everything. But I managed yeah. to. I managed, Kind of a bummer because their first EP was really good. So I found their first, I think it's their first or second EP and it's on Bandcamp still. They didn't remember it from there. And I listened to it and like the whole time I was like, that is not Brian. And I was like, well, that's he... even before there was three singers or there was two singers before Brian. Yeah. And I was like, that's not I Brian. Forget, <laughs> I forget the first guy. I never really knew him because it was, this was like when the home team started, it was right before we got into the scene. So the first iteration of the home team I really didn't know anyone but Dan. And then uh, our buddy John Ayer from the scene joined. He was their singer. And our buddy Dylan was playing bass. Oh, my God. And then Ryan <laughs> Morgan played guitar. Wow, dude. What a what a, what a history we have with them. So, yeah, yeah basically <laughs> grew up playing with them. We were all friends. We would all go up and hang out with each other. And eventually when the home team was looking for a new singer, I think it was when Dylan was still in the band and Dylan was hanging out with Brian a bunch. They both went to the same college in Bellingham. Yeah. And so now that you bring it up, that's what, that's, that's what he told us is I think it was y'all's somebody in y'all's band was in a band that he was in. And he yep. said that everybody else in the band, except for them to like really didn't give a shit about being in a band. Yep. So he was like, Hey, I'm going to go uh, apply or try out for the, the home team vocalist. Does anybody not want me to do it? And everybody was like, no, nah, man, whatever. And he was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> yep. That's, and he, that's, that's he said exactly that, uh, what... the, I think it was the guy that was in y'all's band. Y'all were already starting to like take off pretty big. So he, he was, you know, busy with doing y'all stuff. So he was like, fuck. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> when, so yeah, that was when, that was when Luke was in the band for a bit. Yeah. He's not in the band anymore, but I mean, I still have nothing but love for the guy. But yeah. yeah, that was when we were, uh, yeah. So him, so Brian and Luke were in a band together, and then that's kind of how we all became friends. And then, because like I remember, like Avoid the Void opened Stories Away's CD release show. Like it goes back that far. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, and then when Brian got into the home team, I remember all it was kind of like a unanimous thing for all of us. It was like this was by far the best move you guys could have ever made in a million years. Like, oh my god, his voice is perfect fucking... now crazy good, oh yeah dude. which is so funny because stories away was like like it was never my thing but i didn't know brian could sing pop punk like that stories away was like a very like weird weird songs like post-hardcore metalcore thing like i didn't mm -hmm. know brian could like i knew he was a fantastic singer 
but like that fits him so well but people don't understand that brian can like scream like that like brian has a great scream yeah so during the during the interview we learned that uh the home team is a post-hardcore band masking as a pop band (laughs) oh my god dude and john used to be in like fucking death metal bands yeah there's like like zero daniel filled in for i declare war like daniel played them and he was in a band called idols like that was like og seattle fucking beat down deathcore oh my yeah. god dude. i'm like i'm looking at the, at the playlist <laughs> that they made and there's not a single pop punk song yeah. no. <laughs> it's oh, dude, all like fucking... all fucking dude they're all black metal metal yeah. hardcore they are they do not come from the pop punk scene it's yeah so funny and they, they're so fucking good at it, man and then it's funny because everyone in the home can be of that. And then so Ryan used to be in a band called For the Likes of You. And those were For the Likes of You was the first band that Avoid Avoid ever toured with. Our first two tours across the US were For the Likes of You. So our formative touring years were with Ryan from the home team. That's cool, man. That's really cool. That's a band that we've been kind of every step of the way upon our journey. Yeah. They've been or someone that's in that band now has been around. And it's kind of cool when two bands from the scene where it's like we're not best friends by any means but we're very very cool and we're we're great friends and we're close and we'll all we'll meet up always a few times a year and just grab drinks and just like yeah. kind of like reflect because it's pretty insane that like yeah we were both on our different paths we didn't like even coordinate a lot we were like open each other's cd release shows but we were always kind of doing our own thing and we both figured it out in our own way and i think that that's really fucking cool yeah that is- absolutely that's cool man that is super dope. And, and speaking of like opening and, and shows, I had the pleasure of seeing you guys for the first time uh, in last April with like uh, Pippa King and Silent Planet. Oh, amazing. What show was that? Uh, Dallas. Oh, dude, that was a good show. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, full disclosure, I hadn't really heard um, hey, y'all's music. That's tours, bro. Yeah, well, what I usually do is I, you know, I... I go online i figured out the set list and just because i, I want to know like what to expect and I, I definitely you know love y'all's music but beyond that you guys on stage you know you put on a, a certain type of show it's very energetic very fun so what is what does that mean to you you know when you're out there putting on a show like what are you trying to do what are you trying to convey to me I think what I'm trying to convey when I'm on stage is love and expression, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I don't know. That's just why I do this, man. This is like, like, especially like that 30 minutes on stage makes the 23 and a half hours of being bored as shit on tour worth it. (laughs) I've never heard it put that way, but. Dude, you've got to remember, there's 24 hours in a day. When you're on tour, you play for 30 minutes of it. There's yeah, still yeah. 23 no. and a half hours of that fucking day. That is yeah. totally right. I've never actually thought of it that way. That is Dude, nuts. It's crazy. And it's like, and that's why it's like, everyone's like, touring must be so crazy. Touring. I'm like, it is, but it also like, it's a lot of driving and it's yeah. a lot of like, yeah. it's, it's like, brutal. Like, it's brutal. It's pretty fucking brutal, but it makes everything where everything to me is worth it to just be on stage. Cause I don't know. I think about, what I when I saw bands like Green Day and Let Live and Pierce the Veil and all of those bands for the first time for me, 
made me feel such a certain type of way. And it just made mm-hmm. me feel, it made me feel invincible. And they weren't trying, I mean, they're doing their thing and just them doing their thing made me feel invincible. But I think like for what I do, at least that's just kind of like, at least somewhat of a conscious thought for what I'm doing is it's like, even if I can inspire fucking one kid, I don't, I, yeah. I don't expect to do the whole world, but if I can inspire one kid to want to do this, like that, that's it for me, man. Like, yeah, I just want to, I want to have fun and I want everyone that's in the room to have fun. And I want everyone to be able to like, this is like the generic thing, but I genuinely mean it when it's like the world is really fucking hard and everyone's going through it in their own ways. And even everyone and some people more than others, but you can't really judge anyone's situation. We're all going through it and you only know what you know. And so what I want to, so what I want to do when I'm on stage is just be there for those people and kind of remind people that the world is still fun. And it's like, like we obviously have a message. And if you really want to get into like political or our beliefs and shit like that, you can just, you can go back on our socials and like, like it's there if you want it. But the biggest thing that I want to convey with avoid is that like life is fun and life is worth living and go out and fucking do that and have the time of your fucking life because it's really short and it's a really finite amount of time that we have here. And you never know, when like the day is going to be your last day. So just like go live it to the fullest. Like I'd much yeah. rather be on stage the last day of my life than anything. That's where I want to fucking be. So that's yeah. what I think about is just like, I really love doing what I get to do. I'm very grateful. I get to do what I do because I understand that not everyone gets to do it and yeah. because of that, it makes all the hard shit, not as hard because I'm just grateful. I get to be there. So yeah, that's what I want to do with stage. I just want to give people hope and remind everyone that like life is fun and life is beautiful. And like, that's why we're all at the show, right? It's because we're all feeling it. And yep. so mm-hmm. that, 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 that is not the time to like enhance feeling it. In my opinion, that's the time yeah. to let loose, baby. We yeah, already, yeah. we're going to go home and have our problems to deal with, but we're together right then. Let's fucking party. Yeah. You, you put it so well, you're right. Like when you go and see your favorite band or even in my case, like I hadn't seen you guys before, but when you're at a show and you're enjoying it, you do get like a jolt and you do almost feel like invincible. Like everything goes away and it's just what's going on in that, at that venue at that moment. And you're just soaking it all in. That's, that's really awesome. Dude. Thank you, man. And yeah, I mean, I really mean it, man. Like that's, that's what keeps us going for sure. Like we just want to make people happy because this is what makes us happy. So if we can like, also doing it makes us happy and then if we can make other people happy like yeah that's yeah. sick dude uh, you, know, you guys put us you guys put a smile on my face for sure it was yeah. the first time to see you and i was like man these guys are up there getting it they're having balls <laughs> Uh, i appreciate that and for real, like that's really what it's all about for us man is we just want to have fun and we don't really care if like shit goes wrong or like we miss a note or like i'm right miss a, who cares like we're there. It's live. It's authentic. It's in your face. And if Absolutely. we it, that just is part of the show, right? Yeah. yeah it's an experience. Before we move on, I have a quite a list of bands here. I'm probably going to just kind of name some and then you can throw have, whatever else you want. Have so. we even named, have we named this playlist yet? <laughs> Not yet. We'll get there. We'll get <laughs> okay, there. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, we got Lincoln Park. Oh, yeah. You got to get a song? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm pulling on Spotify. Let me, let me, you're good. You're the same thing. I think we gotta do some off Meteora, because that's like, oh, Meteora is perfect. Yeah, we gotta do "Lying from You," because I really remember that song. Because there, I mean, you guys might have seen it. There's a amazing, amazing fucking uh, video of uh, Lincoln Park live at the Milton Keys Bowl, 
or Milton Keynes Bowl in in uh, in Milton Keynes, England. It's the same place that Green Day shot Bullet in the Bible. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a fantastic. I think it's called Project Revolution. If I remember, but if you guys haven't seen that show, it is. Oh, dude, it's incredible. It's that's another one of those like formative watching that show. Uh, you guys remember that old TV show? If you had cable, uh, Palladium that or Palladia or whatever, it was like a music channel. Yeah, it sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. Yeah. And they used to play like MTV World Stage and they would play like old concerts on it. And that was like, I was glued to that channel growing up. Yeah. Uh, Vince Sevenfold? Nightmare, because that was the era that I fell in love. Like, when did that album come out? Like, that was really, I remember finding that because that was album, that was middle school for me is getting, falling in love with Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. Uh, I remember going to Uproar Fest and they were the headliner. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, that would have been seventh, eighth grade. And I remember going to Uproar Fest that summer. It was them, fucking Seether, Bull of My Valentine, <laughs> Escape the Fate, opened the main stage. That was when I found out about them. Oh, I saw um, I saw Escape the Fate at Warp Tour. I think it was 07. Wow. I was not a fan. Ronnie um, Dave? Yeah, I was not a fan. Wow. I heard him before I went and I was like, man, I don't I don't know. I don't really like this. And then I saw him play live and it's such it was such an energetic and like dude's got like he I know a lot of people don't like him, but he can work a fucking crowd. Like, That's the one thing yeah. I mean, I won't get into the Ronnie Radke controversy or make yeah. mistakes. On it, but what I will say is he's really, really, really good at what he does. He is. He is a showman for sure, really, dude. Really, he can really he can good. work a crowd so fucking good. And he's been able to keep his name in your mouth and live in your head rent free for oh, a yeah. lot longer than most people get to in the rock industry. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's really, all I can think. Of, I mean, I don't agree with everything he's said or done, but I think he is. When it comes to a business standpoint, that man, that man is, yeah, he's he's good at what he does on stage. Incredible mm-hmm. at capturing mm-hmm. attention. Yeah, uh, Slipknot. Slipknot. Before I forget, because I remember yeah. that song being on Tony Hawk Pro Skater Four. I want to say, and that was a, I remember playing the fuck out of that. Yeah, I uh, that album, I burned it from a friend in like the eighth grade and we went on a cruise. We drove eight hours away to New Orleans to get on a cruise. And I had my little CD Walkman and I, that was like the only CD I brought. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Dude, volume three was fucking great. It was that's such a good fucking, fucking album. Dude, I'm now I'm just pulling up, dude, duh, dude, the blister yeah. exists. Fucking duality. Wow. Wholesome <laughs> uh, maggots. Wow, dude, this is a fantastic record. Yeah, it is. Pierce the Veil? Pierce the Veil. I got to do a couple for Pierce the Veil. I mean, we got to sure. go uh, Caraphernalia. Mm-hmm. That was like, I remember finding that song and that shit being like insane. And let's go Tangled in the Great Escape featuring Jason Butler, because that was the first time I saw like, I feel like a more mainstream band like Pierce the Veil do a crossover with what I considered a more in the underground respected band, like let live. Yeah. Let seeing that Jason was on a fit was on a pierce the veil song was like, Oh my God. And I don't even know if people like got as like, that was like a, cause I was so into let live by the time that Clive with the sky came out. that It was like a huge deal to me that Jason Butler was on one of their songs. Let live is phenomenal. 
Oh my god, that's a yeah. that's another day we got to add a couple songs in because Let It Live, yeah. huge for me. And I mean, why? I mean, being sporadic on stage and whatnot. Like speaking of somebody who's good at crowd work, Jason Butler is. I've, I've seen a lot of live videos, and that man is insane on stage. <laughs> I got to see. I just see Let Live a handful. Of Avoid the Void actually got to open for Let Live before they broke up. Oh, that that's was awesome! An amazing, amazing moment for us. We got to put Casino Columbus on fake history, pheromone cult from black is beautiful, born cab rides off of, of I'm the devil. You got to hit all three albums on that one. You got to hit all three big <laughs> let live albums. I'm sorry to not give love to the first album, but those are the three that yeah. really fucking do it for me. And then we have a couple of bands here that are very similar in nature and you can do all of them. You can pick one. It doesn't matter. But uh, of mice and men, miss may I, uh, and we came as Romans. If I were to put up a song that really like summed up that era for me, I would say, I guess I go with to plant a seed. I remember, dude, I remember like riding the city bus to high school because my uh, high school didn't have like a school bus system. So they gave you like city bus cards. Oh, and wow. I remember riding the city bus, just listening to the fuck out of to plant a seed. So let's go with the title track, baby. That's crazy. You didn't have buses? No, dude. We literally like had like the 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 suburb of where I lived. Like there was a pretty decent city bus system, and there was a bus stop right in front of my high school. So yeah, the city or the school just gave you uh, a charged uh, which is, here is called an orca card, but they gave you a fully charged bus card that you could use when you weren't at school either. Like it was just a fully charged bus card. That's that insane, you dude. Take all of you could go all around King County, which is wow. Pretty- fucking big if you look up how big King County <laughs> yeah or and yeah, i think you're actually even going to pierce County. anything that used that bus system you could ride on that's crazy so i remember i used to use my high school worker card to take the bus into downtown seattle all the time and go to show <laughs> hell yeah dude you gotta use it man dude absolutely <laughs> right uh let's go uh sleeping with sirens sleeping with sirens uh remember it now or do it now, remember whatever that fucking song yeah. is. Uh, do it now, remember it later. Yeah. Time. And then we can go like Maws the Flame. Ooh, fuck. Okay, that's a band I want to do a couple because I yeah. love that band. Shout out Chris, dude. Dude, Chris is so cool. That's a band I've loved for a really long time. And we got to play with like Maws to Flames for the first time uh, yeah, last year at that big. Oh, actually, not the first time. The first time Avoid the Void got to open for like Maws to Flames in 2014 as the local opener. That was a very big day in my life. That's good. Yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. imagine. Uh, yeah. But then uh, we uh, we played with them there. And that was a really cool show, too. Because uh, so we played the, do you guys remember that metalcore show of the year last year at the Worcester Palladium? It was like Fit for a King, Silent Planet, Polaris, uh, Like Moz. Yeah, okay. Anime, yeah, Alpha so. Wolf. Uh, it was like eight bands on it. Yeah. That's a hell of a lineup fucking, too. Jeez. Yeah. Dude, it was incredible. But uh so we we opened, open, opened that show. And I remember it was a really cool moment for us because A, the crowd packed out, which we were not expecting opening a show that early. We played at like 4 30 p.m. Damn. And there was also we looked over to the side and there was at least one member from every single band on the show that day watching that's our dope. set. And that's good. Yeah, that's cool. I even, man. But like I didn't really see that for any other band that day. So that was like a really, really, really humbling moment that like these bands like actually gave a fuck to like come see what we were about. And yeah, then later awesome. that night, 
we're talking to Chris and he actually told us that he found out about us through like a Spotify playlist, like a discover weekly like yeah. years ago from the alone record. And he's been like a fan of avoid since like 2018. And I'm Damn, like, that's fucking humbling as hell. Fuck, man. Dude? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, he didn't even realize that that was in my Punisher days. Like I would have been like geeking, geeking if I found yeah. that. But that's if we're awesome. gonna, let's go GNF and then we'll do, you'll burn. And fuck, where's that fucking EP? Ah, there it is. Bury your pain. The next on the list is I Declare War. Oh, man, dude, if we're going to do an I Declare War song. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> you go with quiet, dude. That just rips. And then we got uh, Converge. Oh shit! Damn, the entire Jane Doe record. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let's do Fault and Fracture and Home Wrecker. And I, like I said, there's a couple here that are are around the same. So, job for a cowboy suicide silence. If you want to add, uh, do disengage by suicide silence because okay. I remember. There was like a documentary about Warp Tour. I forget what year. It was like the old, old days. And it was, it was when Mitch was still alive. And it was like the same year, like Katy Perry and like Mike Posner. Yeah. Were on Warped Tour. And I forget. Do you guys remember what documentary I'm talking about? 2008 or 2009. Uh, and they were talking about Mike and like Mike Posner was talking about how insane Suicide Silence was. And the song that they were talking about was Disengaged, showing off like cool Mitch song. And I remember like being like, this song is insane. And then like looking up what it was and dude, disengage is on the playlist through, through for a long time for, because of that documentary. Mm. Yeah. That was a crazy time in, in world tour history. Dude, uh, wasn't it? Fucking Travi McCoy and Katy Perry were dating, dude. which is absolutely insane. <laughs> like, and then dude, Travi McCoy <laughs> just did a fucking song with that New York hardcore band Scarhead. Yeah. Yeah. We actually saw Trevor McCoy. Uh, that was cool as shit. I'm not that gonna lie. Awesome. That was like that was probably like my favorite part. We went to um, so, uh, so what the last summer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Trevor McCoy played, and that was that was so fucking cool to see, man. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, people don't realize that Travis McCoy is like a hardcore kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%, dude. He was, I mean. He's like from like the New York City hardcore days. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, I, his music was awesome, dude. I I, I love some Gym Class Heroes when I was growing dude, up. Dude, who did it? Dude, yeah. the fucking <laughs> Chokehold remix was fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, I love it And on so that much. note, I fucking love me some Super Tramp. Super Tramp, yeah. I haven't heard that band in a long time either. Yeah. Dude, incredible 80s band. Dude, yeah. I used to go to this tattoo shop in Seattle called Pierced Hearts. That was where my tattooer Phil was at. And one day when I was getting tattooed, the one of the guys in the shop put on Breakfast in America front to back. And I and my the tat that tattoo shop kind of had like some like a weird old school policy where they like didn't want you just like looking at your phone the whole time and like it was like in the agreement that you signed to get tattooed. It was kind of weird. But I remember, like, I was kind of nervous about being respectful to their culture, so I would never take my phone out when I was getting tattooed by him in that shop. So I would just sit back and I listened and really, really, really took in Breakfast in America. And that is a fantastic album. Yeah. We can throw one of their on there if you want, man. Yeah, fucking. We're going to put a Super Tramp song. (laughs) 
damn, bro. What would it be? <laughs> what would it be? Uh, dude, just do Gone Hollywood. That opening track is fucking amazing, and there's such a cool piano line in it. Yeah. So that was that was all the bands that I had wrote down that that were mentioned through talking. But uh, I did want to bring up. I found. <laughs> so I I had to dig deep for this one. I found Avoid the Voids SoundCloud. Now there's no music on it from y'all, but uh, there is a bunch of liked songs. So I don't know who ran that. Was that you who ran the the SoundCloud? I don't think so. Okay, because I was like, because it was it's a lot of like synth, like like uh, like. I'm pulling like, it up now because I actually don't yeah, remember. It's almost like um, shit, like dubstep type music, and then. Mm-hmm uh prog <laughs> wait was this the, the same oh shit okay never mind wait hold on oh shit <laughs> okay this was all of us okay <laughs> okay damn now i just pulled this up so i'm on the same page i remember finding out about beard the lion dude that's like yeah. the, the most recently liked song of us Dude, I found out about Beard the Lion. That was an old, uh, when Luke was still in the band in the formative days, uh, when we were kids, we would go over to Luke's house and like, uh, we'd go hang out in his parents' house. And we'd like, that was like when I first got into smoking weed. Yeah. And we would, uh, we would sneak out of his parents' house and like go down the street to the elementary school at night and smoke weed and fucking order snacks. And then we'd go back and we'd go on Reddit and try and find new bands. And that was just like, <laughs> For, like I was fucking in high school high as a motherfucker for one of the first times. And I found that beard, the lion band. And I was like, yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> Next thing on there is SpongeCore. That yeah. was just hilarious. I yeah. love it. Meshuggah, dude, Meshuggah rips. And it was yeah. a Drew Stalin thing. Cause we used to love Drusef. We used to love all of that. It wasn't as much my thing, but especially so Nick, uh, our guitar player, he was really, really into gent there for a second. Yeah. Oh, periphery, Mashuga, fucking Born of Osiris. Any anything on that gent spectrum was was definitely like in the early, early avoid the void days that had a huge influence on us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like even if you go back, which I'm not recommending, but I guess I'm kind of putting myself on the spot here. But if you do go back and listen to the Avoid the Void EP, I believe it's still on YouTube. Yes. Uh, you basically hear this. Uh, but we were 15, 16 at the time we made that it was the first piece of music we'd ever, not the first music we ever written, but the first time we've ever like sat down to do an EP. Yeah. And just hear me in my like post hardcore warp tour metalcore phase trying to write <laughs> songs while Nick is in his like Meshuggah periphery phase. And we're like constantly like, no, we can't do a riff like that. We can't do a core beat like that because it's too much like, and it's just like this juxtaposition of a wannabe metalcore, wannabe gen album that kind of ended up being neither and both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I listened to it today. Yeah. It's very, it's very weird. It's very, very immature, but it's a, it's a part of our history. And, and that was, uh, yeah, there was definitely an era we were very into, especially like Nick and a couple of the older members from the avoid the void days. Prague was a very big deal for a minute. Yeah. Periphery too, specifically. It's funny because there's all these like not very well-known bands and then you got Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah. I know. I really don't know who, I know we all had access to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's hilarious oh. yeah i just i thought that that was a little cool i, I listened to some of these 
And uh, yeah, I just figured I'd bring it up. Maybe oh, yeah, take man, a no, stroll, there man. There was a, there was a frog <laughs> side to us that definitely exists. And I just, I mean, you can't ever outgrow your formative stuff. I still think the proggy element can come out sometimes and avoid stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, since we're on the topic of that, uh, that first EP that y'all released, uh, I noticed that one song stayed into avoid from, from avoid the void to avoid is it was a uh, shape. Shapes. So the if you actually listen to both songs, the song didn't stay, but the song name and part of the chorus stayed. Basically, so the way Shapes happened is it was an Avoid the Void song that we had, and it was like our it was probably like our most popular live song, which is why we liked it. And so when we changed the name to Avoid, it's kind of funny to think about it now, but we were really nervous about losing like any little bit of local following we had. And so we wanted to like, instead of doing a full, full rebrand, we wanted to change it from avoid the void to avoid. And we wanted to still have similar things so that anyone that liked avoid the void would follow us to avoid. And so yeah. that was kind of where the idea of shapes came in is like, can we take one of these songs from the fucking old EP and make them kind of do what more of what our future sound we want to be is? Cause that was also part of the thing is we didn't really think that that EP really represented what we wanted to do yeah, but i think sure. it was very important it was an important thing for us to do right because everyone and we're like the rarity where it's still technically only ever been one band most people have one two ten bands they're in before they're in a band that gets any traction yeah and so really avoid the void is just our is just our old shit essentially but like we didn't want that to be like for a casual listener like we we knew that we had some cool connections and we'd really like grinded our asses off for a few years. And again, we weren't shit at that point, but we felt like we had a pretty good idea about what we could do over the next few years to put ourselves in a position to like actually have a chance to make it. Yeah. And we knew that if we were going to do that, we didn't necessarily want you in four years from that point to go back and you look up what our band is and the first thing you see is us in high school and all of the high because you know how the internet works sometimes yeah yeah there's still legacy bands that like are still doing shit to this day and you google them and all you can see is shit from like 2013 yeah we didn't want avoid the void to be what people saw first of what we were doing and so that was the decision to change it to avoid is we just wanted to kind of We've already toured under Avoid the Void. We've played a lot of national shows. We had a few connections. So we wanted to do something that could kind of like, we feel like we have some knowledge and could start making some moves. We don't want people to see our high school band. Yeah, that's understandable for sure. I feel like, so moving on to like Cult Mentality, that y'all's newest album that y'all dropped, I feel like um, y'all have done a really good job. I, I know you mentioned something earlier about I don't remember what band we were talking about, but you said they made it digestible. And I feel like y'all have done a phenomenal job of making your newest album very digestible to the masses, even though Mm -hmm. it is, it has like hardcore elements and everything like that, but it's not like anybody could sit down and listen to it and, and enjoy at least a song off of it, even if they didn't like hardcore music, you know? Dude, I appreciate that. And, and it's cool because that was definitely like a conscious thought for us, you know, and not that like, I mean, we write music for ourselves, of course, but like we definitely like part of what makes us love it is creating stuff that people enjoy. And so that's kind of like our thing as writers. We think about what we like and then we also think about what a listener would like. 
and yeah. it yeah. makes us like stuff more and more and kind of like the goal that we've always wanted to do even since day one but especially as we've gotten to just grow up basically how can we take all of our things that we love about an alternative scene and can we make it mainstream and not like mainstream in the sense of like we want to sell out but we're like is there especially by the time i was in high school and now especially this day it's like you don't really get to see a lot of bands doing insane like and it's also i mean even like late night tv and stuff like that isn't what's determining what's popular anymore but like yeah you know what i mean like we always wanted to can we still be outcasts and be accepted by like mass is if that makes yeah. sense yeah. yeah absolutely and that's always kind of been a conscious thought just because i think it would be really cool to do and i it's what my favorite bands did it's what green day did it's what lincoln park did it's like they found a way to be i mean have very very distinct fucking rock or metal or punk or whatever kind of music but it was still digestible to a mass audience where it's like if you don't like new metal you like a lincoln park song if you don't yeah. like punk rock you like a green day song and that's always kind of what I wanted to try and see if we could do with a void. And I don't think we fully nailed it yet as like a, a mainstream, like perfect song, but like, I really am proud of what we did with cold mentality is I think that it is a very digestible record with as, as sporadic as it is. Cause I also think it's an incredibly sporadic and yes, yeah, all over the place record. And I'm right. really proud of the fact that we were able to do that, but also still, still have it make sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, you picked a really hard genre to make digestible to the masses though. And I think y'all yes. did a really phenomenal job. You yeah. know, like, Thank because, you. I do really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Hard, hardcore is not liked by a lot of people, you know, but you still see these bands breaking through, especially in like, uh, you know, you look at now you, you've got like Lorna Shore and, uh, you know, it's like Sleep Token and, and bands like that. Turnstile, like, yeah, you know. Hardcore, it's like, yeah, Turnstile you know. put hardcore on the map again. And Knock yeah. Loose, like, Knock yeah. Loose, Turnstile, and Vane, really, if you want to take those threes, like, been huge. And because you're also seeing a crossover that's been really happening over the last handful of years, but with SoundCloud rap and and yeah. that alternative style that's getting really popular, especially like amongst like like kids that were listening to like going to Hot Topic and listening to Warped Tour bands when I was in high school and even when you guys were in high school, those are the kids that are now listening to shitty SoundCloud rap and they're dressing the same, their same attitude. It's just a different yeah. subculture and a different like rebellion type thing. But I think that there's like artists like City Morgue and fucking like, you know what I mean? Like Zillicami and so Denzel Curry, like yeah. they're able to like do this rappy, like very mainstream digestible hip hop esque style while being very, very aggressive and somewhat true to like what alternative culture is. I mean, yeah, even when sure. we see Vert's sure. doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely. And I, I mean, I give y'all props on this album though, for sure. I enjoyed it. Uh, first song I heard off of it was can't take this away. And that, that song, fucking blew me away man <laughs> hey, it's always interesting to hear like, like what song you heard first because like we knew there was going to be a record where there was a lot of new ears coming in on the band yeah and so we like had to think a lot about like the singles we released but we also kind of we had to think about two sets of ears right we had to think about the people that have been here the whole time how can we keep them interested and not bored but how can we like draw new people in on the third single and not the first single how can the third single be just as exciting as the first single or if not better each time and it was kind of a fun challenge and and like i feel like you can always do better right but yeah cold mentality was a huge learning process and 
uh, I'm really, really, really proud of what we were able to create with it. Yeah, for awesome, sure. Dude. Yeah, nailed it, man. Absolutely nailed it. it. It kept me like hooked the whole time. Dude. I was like, and I feel like you really, so not to take away from your, your, your EP and your first album f- from avoid, th- those are very, very good. But I feel like you really, uh, like as a vocalist, you, you really shine on cult mentality. So many yeah. different styles, Thank so many you. different, uh, just, it, I don't know. It's, 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 grown a lot as, as a vocalist. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I really do appreciate that. And kind of a funny, quick story about that is, I mean, even coming into a vocalist, the way we started the band was, uh, so I played drums. That's like my main thing. And okay. I was, in, I was, I played drums all throughout growing up. Like, uh, that was my, well, so quick, long story. My very first, first instrument was piano. I'm not very good at piano to this day. I can't tell you much about it, but that was the first <laughs> instrument that my parents put me in lessons for i remember being in like early elementary school doing piano and i really wanted to play guitar but my parents had like this thing which i can't i don't know how i feel about it still to this day but they were basically like you should learn piano before you learn guitar so you like understand music and notes and like a more contemporary instrument before you like rock out which is like today I actually agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think that like the bands, especially bands in our scene, like if you're in our scene, but you have like classical knowledge and music theory knowledge, those are the bands that are big. You know what I mean? It's you, you have to understand your craft to the biggest degree. But me at like seven years old was like, fuck you. I don't want to play piano. Let me play electric (laughs) guitar. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so I, I did piano lessons. I forget how long it was less than a year eventually convinced them to let me do guitar lessons but it was acoustic guitar lessons like a nylon string acoustic guitar lessons and the first guitar teacher they gave me just, and it's not their fault right but that dude was just not a great guitar teacher not a way he just sucked i was i don't even remember exactly how it went down but i just remember like feeling so uninspired after that lesson and thinking that guitar was like kind of stupid and like this wasn't Aww. for me and like <laughs> Yeah, and like, what a horrible teacher! Like, if you're teaching a little kid how to play an instrument, yeah. that should not be how they leave their first in- their sure. first lesson. But I, I still loved music. I was just kind of like, well, I didn't like piano, and now I finally got my guitar lessons. And I didn't really like that, so I kind of had to figure out what was for me. And I never ever thought about being a singer outside of <clears throat> like, like being a singer always felt like the hardest thing to me, even though you only needed your voice. But like, yeah. Uh, I love Billy Joe Armstrong. I love Derek Webley. I loved all these front men. And I, even mm. when I was like a little, little kid, like when I was in elementary school, like seven, eight years old, I would actually uh, fucking dress up, uh, put a fucking black button up shirt and a red tie and, and my mom's eyeliner on and pretend to be Billy Joe Armstrong in front of the <laughs> and my stuffed animals. And like, I would, cause they thankfully had so many live albums that I could really learn all of his crowd antics to a key too. And pretend like I was playing a concert yeah. that was what I would do. And so I always like loved the idea of being a front man, but I never thought I could actually do it. So I was like, I'll figure out what my role in a band would act. I'm not one of those kind of guys. And so then I finally found drums and I started with doing like uh, a elementary school band and I was just a snare drum and funny side story. That's actually where I met Nick for the first time. We were in the same school system and we both played snare drum uh, and he was one grade older than me, but they did like fifth and sixth grade elementary school band. And we were both snares. And Nick and fucking sixth grade thought I was so annoying that he quit school band. 
We didn't even know each other at the time. He was just like, damn, this Benny kid's annoying. I ain't waking up early to go to school band to hang out with that kid. Which, I mean, and you hear me now, and I obviously have toned it in, but I'm crazy ADHD all over the place. Imagine me unchecked at like a little kid. It was a lot, dude. I can't blame him. Like, But so elementary school band is where I found snare drum, fell in love with snare drum. And then I stuck with it because I still mostly like being able to show up to school late. And then so I stuck with drums throughout band in middle school. And then uh, when uh, when I was in uh, middle school, my mom was like, hey, we looked into it. And there's this amazing drum shop nearby. It's called Don Bennett's Drum Studio. And this dude was a legendary drum guy of the scene. And he was a legendary drum collector. That was his big thing is he had like, uh, he had like an old Ringo Starr Beatles kit that was played on TV. He had the Trey Cool Green Day kit that he burned at Warp Tour in 1999. He had an old uh, fucking Aerosmith kit. I mean, it was the most legendary real drum kits ever. And they also offered lessons from a bunch of different uh teachers right and yeah. my parents got me uh lessons with a guy named chase culp and chase culp to this day has been one of the most important people in my entire life ever that dude has taught me so much and it, even like so i so i did drum lessons in in middle school after playing a little bit uh in elementary school and doing school band and i had like a shitty little like toy drum set that i would play on all the time then I remember in like seventh grade is when my parents got me like a real drum set and drum lessons. And they were like, if you want to be a drummer, we'll help you figure out this passion. And I loved it. And I played the fuck out of drums for a few years. And I'd do lessons once a week and then play for fucking hours at night at home. You couldn't get me off the drums for a little bit. And then we started to avoid the void when I was in eighth grade. It was towards the end of the year. And it very start, it started at the first with my friend, Nick Mijas. And we were both in choir in, uh, in middle school. And so we, I remember one day we were getting passed out uh, sheet music for the next choir song. And at the bottom of that sheet music, there was uh, accompaniment for drums and uh, for drums and guitar. And I played drums, Nick Mijas played guitar. And we begged our choir teacher to let us not sing this one and be the musical accompaniment. And she said, <laughs> yes. So then that gave us a month to go over into the band room rather than being in class in the choir room, the band room was free that period. And so him and I had the entire school band room to ourselves to write, to learn this accompaniment. The greatest thing about a middle school choir song is it's three notes. So we learned the accompaniment in one day. So then we got to spend a month just goofing around and playing music together. And that was when I figured out I wanted to be in a band. And that was what the birth of Avoid the Void was. And we found out, we figured out that name. And then we would basically like, we would do that at school. And then after school, we'd go back over to my parents' house. And I had a shitty little line six combo amp and my drum set. And we'd just piss off my neighbors, baby. We'd go in, <laughs> we'd play every fucking day. And Hell that was yeah came to and then that summer we did a rock band camp it was actually a drum set camp for the one week was drum set camp and one week was rock band camp which was uh sounds like a weird hokey dokey school of rock thing but it was put on by don bennett's drum studio and it's actually really cool the way that they did it was uh they would bring in like legendary northwest musicians like fucking members of heart like uh oh, Santana's drummer queensrike's drummer Queen Drag's guitar player, like they would bring in like legendary Seattle musicians and they would help you figure out how to like do a cover song or write your own little four chord song in a week. And it was a really cool thing. And Nick Mihas and I did that. And Nick Olson actually just happened to do that rock band camp that summer. 
And that was when we were actually in a band together for the first time. And a funny little size around that, he literally left um, elementary school band because of me. And he also, because there wasn't a ton of kids our age and in our skill level, but we were basically the way you the way the rock band camp worked is you would do like an audition for the cat for the uh, counselors, the guys that ran it. And yeah. then they would determine your skill level and put you with other kids, your age and your skill level. That's there, really was, there was, there was two kids or there was two bands for kids, our age and our skill level. And Nick got put in and all Nick put down on his like sheet that like explained what instruments he plays, what he doesn't da, da, da. His only note was, I don't want to be in a band with Benny. <laughs> Cause he remembered funny. me from fucking elementary school and I was still pretty annoying. And <laughs> funny enough, there happened to be one kid at that camp that Nick hated more than me. And that's who he got put in a band with. So then <laughs> we go back on his shit and say, uh, okay, I'll be in a band with Benny now. <laughs> and that's what really started to avoid the void. And then we did that week long rock band camp that summer. And then both Nick's and I stuck with it afterwards. And then we were also all going into high school that year. And yeah. so then that was it that the summer into high school, we figured out our band. And then that was what it was is we went into high school as that band. And then I was still basically, it was kind of working around where I would play drums on a song and Nick would play guitar and sing. And then I'd play guitar and sing on a song and Nick would play drum, Nick Olson. And then we found the jazz band drummer of our high school. His name's David. He was our first drummer. We eventually got him to join. And then I was like, I guess I'll be the singer because we need one. Because we'd, we'd tried out a couple of our friends to be the singer at that time, but they were all bad and I didn't like the way they did it. <laughs> and I was like, fuck it, man. I'll figure it out and, and do it. So that's really how I became a frontman. It was never, it was, I was fully content on being the drummer. I technically started the band in middle school as a drummer and we couldn't find a singer. So that's how I got here. That's crazy. Man. That's awesome. Sorry for such a long tangent. It just oh, was uh, good, man. Good, yeah, dude. I know we've been going for a while. I mean, I'm free all night. I don't care how long we've been going. <laughs> uh, I think we're just going to get some some of your favorite current bands. And then, Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and then I think uh, it's getting kind of late over here in Texas. So. <laughs> oh, shit. You're in Texas, bro. I yeah, yeah. It's all good, dude. No worries, man. No, we, we don't rush we these We get to do all, the, so. the two-hour extravaganza. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, let's get us a couple of your favorite current bands. Man, some of my favorite current bands. Let's pull up to the Spotify recently played. Yeah, I use that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I, I make playlists every year. Uh, I just call them Ben Mix, but uh, it's just of songs I'm listening to at the moment. I just add a bunch of them into a playlist. And uh, and it's it doesn't have to be current music or not. It's just whatever I'm in the mood for. Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't know. Uh, I'd honestly, I mean, I listen to a lot of new music as well, but I still really love oldies and i and i i think i learn a lot from that like i i'd say a majority of my time is still spent to listening to bands like alexis on fire oh yeah and that's a good MXPX one px is what i've been listening to a lot and i listened to a lot of uh i went through the offsprings discography not too long ago that was pretty fun i've listened to afi a lot i really like that current artists i really like this artist named gene dawson gene dawson is fucking fantastic the perfect uh like a uh, mixture between like modern day pop punk and like soundcloud rap-esque energy and style and flow but it's very 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 modern and very clearly based around rock uh 
there's this artist break-ins break-ins is fucking yeah. incredible um listening to that a lot let's see have you guys heard of soul blind soul blind is fucking amazing i think they're from new york city that sounds really really familiar incredible new band i've listened to them a lot up they're a really really cool newer band uh the newest thousand below records fantastic I, those guys are really good friends of ours but i really really like the newest thousand below record uh i mean the new sleep token stuff is really cool like i think sleep token is is really 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 sick yeah uh, funny story with me and sleep token i remember like this is probably three and a half four years ago now at this point uh, and this was uh, actually with uh, Dylan, who used to be in the home team. This is well after he was out of the home team. But we used to go <laughs> up to Bellingham and hang out with him, too. And there was one day where we we did some mushrooms. And we were watching uh, we were watching live videos of bands after the mushrooms were hitting. And he was like, yo, man, have you heard of this crazy band called Sleep Token? And I was like, no. And again, this is like four years ago. So this is before they had really much like hybrid. Yeah, yeah. Dylan's just one of those guys that always has his ear to the floor with new bands, even more than I, I'm pretty good with it, but he shows me bands and I'm like, how the fuck did you figure this out? Like, how did you find <laughs> out about this band? And I didn't know how he found out about Sleep Token at the time, but he showed me them. And it was, it was even before that first record came out. It was like, uh, all they had out at the time was, uh, shit, what was it called? Nazareth that was in 2017 so I heard that was like the first sleep token song I heard and I remember they had live videos and I'm just tripping nuts on mushrooms and I'm like oh and they was they still had like obviously the whole like hiding their faces thing going and I'm like dude they're robots yeah <laughs> some guy fucking like engineered this and this is like some insane fucking like super big 4d chess music thing and this one guy designed a bunch of robots and that's what this is <laughs> and i was like freaking out about it but they, sleep dogan's really cool and i think that they've they're a band that's been able to innovate incredibly well and absolutely talking about genre mashing and like people love to be hated like i've seen the sleep token hate going around lately and i think yeah. people are fucking stupid because people just like to hate on stuff that people start liking a lot of way and i'll even admit like there was a minute there where like the sleep token fandom was a little annoying to me and not even, but like, because I'd known about that band for a second, right before the fandom happened. And I was just like, this is sick, but you guys are making it annoying. This sucks. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's also not a, that's, you can't hate sleep token for that. Like, no, not at all. Yeah. You can't blame, you can't blame a band for how a fan culture reacts to them. Yeah. Uh, I was late on the whole sleep token train, man. I, I actually just, listen to their new single that's like the first song i heard was uh the summoning oh dude you gotta go back and listen to that yeah first record. yeah uh, I'm, gonna, okay. I'm gonna hit it up <laughs> dude sundown dude sundowning front to back is a incredible music listen and what i was like i think what sleep token has done really well that a lot of bands that try to genre mash do not do well because when bands genre mash they're usually really good at one of the things and not good at the other thing yeah and I mean, I don't, I don't try, but I, I do think that that is one cool thing Avoid does is like whenever we set out to do a genre mash, I think we go to the fullest extent of what it is. We don't like half ass a genre or a beat or a style. Like if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And I think that's what I like about Sleep Token is it's like if they're doing a more contemporary piano based song, they do the best of it or a part. And if they're doing a heavy part, it's genuinely like you can kind of like analyze it as a heavy music fan and be like whoa this yeah. is 
fucking heavy. Like, what the fuck? And there's not a lot of bands that are able to do that and like yeah, really sure. like blow you away for the musical composition of what it is and like be incredibly accessible while also not being like sell out e in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Let's let's so, yeah. start with uh, Alexis on Fire. Oh, Alexis on Accidents is like my favorite song ever. Fucking that song is perfect, and I'm going to spend my entire life trying to write that song. <laughs> uh, and then we got MXPX. MXPX responsibilities. That's just such a great song, and it's such a like MXPX. And like, I feel like to a, a diehard MXPX fan or like a true punk fan, I would get like killed for saying this, but like. To me, MXPX is just like the Northwest Green Day that never got like arena big. And yeah. I think that's why I love that because they're from Bremerton, Washington. Another Northwest band. Dude, they have the best bands. <laughs> MXPX has been around for a hot minute, man. He's still going, dude. So, Dude, he's amazing. And then Mike now plays in Goldfinger too. It's yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, we got AFI. AFI. Fuck. Everything off Sing the Sorrow. Um that album Let's holds do, up. Actually, man. I'm gonna go back to Art of Drowning and do Days of Phoenix. Uh, I think I missed one. The Offspring. Oh shit! Offspring. Staring at the sun. Gene Dawson. Gene Dawson. Ooh. Let's do two. Porn acting and sick of it. Breakins. Breakins. Again, that newest entire record. It's fucking amazing front to back but if i were to pick a song off that record i really like buggin and i really like cbd and deep fake all three of those songs are great you don't do all three of them any of those i'm totally cool with soul blind stuck in a loop you said thousand below thousand below hell finds you everywhere the title track on their new album is just amazing it has noah from bad omens on it Oh, oh, I mean, nice. that's another newer... Bad Omens is just incredible. Nowhere to Go by Bad Omens should be on that playlist. All right. That was cool. Bad Omens actually took us out for a few days last year. Uh, it was... They were... They treated us incredibly. They were so cool to be around. And it was cool to get to, like, be with them. Because it was, like, kind of right before that song blew up on TikTok. And they did that insane headliner. So it was cool to, like, hang out with them right before everything got... I mean, they were already so massive. We were part of some of their biggest headliner shows in the U.S. to date at that yeah. point then it only got bigger so that was a really fun band to watch blow up this year that's awesome yeah they they haven't known about them for a long time i just dude and bigger, like, and purpose, i mean i would say this to the face <laughs> i'm not even talking shit but like it wasn't for me for a minute like i didn't really yeah. know i felt about bad omens and then uh like a after getting to know them and then even going back to their 2020 record, the fucking Finding God Before God Before God Finds Me, that's a really great record. And then this new one is just Death of Peace of Mind is just absolutely fantastic front to back. And like yeah. that's a band, that's an album to me that's even aged like wine. Like I was into it the first time and I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. And now, like after a year of digesting it, I'm like, oh no, this is really, really, really cool. And it's cool when an album can do that for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last but not least, Sleep Token. Sleep Token. Ooh, my favorite Sleep Token songs. I'm going to do a couple off there for, oh, actually let's do Nazareth first. That's off of like one of their really old EPs. All right. so that's a really cool song. And I feel like uh, it hasn't gotten the attention it deserves with how big they've gotten. 
and then higher off of sleep down or sundown it. All right, man. So we also like to add two of y'all songs. So give me two avoid songs that you want to throw on here. Let's do Cowabunga and Gator Fest. Cowabunga. Just go for juxtaposition real quick. Hell yeah. And add Blast Off on there because I just fucking love that song. <laughs> All right, we'll do three. Blast Off is probably my favorite avoid song. It actually might be a collective favorite. <laughs> Blast Off is fun. We really, really enjoy that. And it was never intended to be a single. And it was like, I th- it was funny because it was like, a, when we wrote it initially, um, it was a song that all of us were like somewhat on the fence about. Like, I definitely liked it, but I didn't fully see what it could be. Nick liked it. I don't think he was any feeling any which way about it, but he liked it. Um, again, Paul saying thing. He was like, oh, this is cool, but whatever. And then Chris hated it. Chris was like, fuck that song. And then uh, after we like finished recording it and we got all the masters back and stuff like that, I cr- and like, cause I was fighting to play that song in the live set for a minute. And he was like, dude, I love the record, but blast off is not it. And then Chris like came to me one night and he was like, Hey man, I fucking love blast off. And I was like, you motherfucker, <laughs> told you it was good. And then we that, see. and then, I mean, you can even throw midnight six on there too. Cause that's also a collective favorite. Oh, all fuck right. it. Your cold mentality. The whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we still got to name this thing, fine. man. What, what, uh, what do you gotta, what do you want to name this thing, man? Oh man. We should name this. Fuck. Can we just call it, f- can we call it fuck? Yeah. Yeah, we can. <laughs> Say yeah. dot, 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 fuck. All right. That's perfect. I love it. All right, Adam, you want to do the stuff? Yep. So we want to give you an opportunity to shout out your social media uh, for your band and, um, you know, anything's coming up. I think you guys have a tour coming up. If it hasn't started already, pretty big one. Yep. Yeah. So avoid kicks ass on all social. I'll start it how I ended it, baby. Avoid kicks ass on social media Um, or end it how I started it. Fucking yeah. yeah. words, bro. You already know. But avoid kicks ass on social media. We're going out with Pop Evil and the Word Alive uh, all spring. Most of March and uh, and most of April will be out with them. You can find dates on our website or popevil.com as well. And then we have nothing announced yet for after that, but you will not, it will not be the last you see of us this year. We are in talks of doing a cool headliner that we bring basically all of our friends ever out on and do like a really we did like a, a very small last minute avoiding friends tour down the West coast last year when the North lane tour canceled, but I would love to like actually plan it out and take it to big this year. Yeah. And so that, and then, I mean, we'll just be around. We're going to, we're, we're writing currently. I would love to get a song out before the end of the year, but I, I, I don't want to put a date on that yet, but uh, right. it hasn't even been talked about with the label, but music is being worked on. We definitely won't wait two years to put out music again. <laughs> So yeah, man, we're we're gonna be around. If you follow Boy Kicks Ass, I won't give too too much away, but we're really gonna try and go into the content side of things this year and and explore how we can make Avoid beyond just being a cool band. Like, how can we give you guys cool like vlog and lifestyle content like other YouTubers are doing without it yeah. being forced or anything like that either? But like, you know that there's like a lot of these like vlog style YouTubers that are out there just showing their everyday life. Like Mm -hmm. there hasn't been a vlog style YouTuber that I feel like really, really shows touring off the way that it properly should be. And I think we can do that. So I think it's something that's definitely been on our minds. That'll be dope. Hell yeah, dude. 
That's awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you talking to us, man. We we had a good time, man. I got a lot of good fucking music to listen to. So, dude, mm-hmm. same, man. This has been such a blast. I really love the format of your show. I've never been on a podcast like this, but shit, man, you guys really got me going. And I, the, these two hours flew by. I didn't even realize how long we'd been talking until I brought it up a little bit ago. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. It, it was a really fun. It was a really fun chat, guys. I really enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, man. Awesome, so thank man. you so much for coming on, man. You're welcome back anytime, and uh, appreciate you so much, man. Dude, thank you guys, man. This was so fun. I'll talk yeah. to you guys soon. Thank you. Have a good night. Later. Later, man. Bye.